Hey everyone, my name is Brett Howe and I am an athlete mindset and life coach. I'm a former dual sport ACAC athlete playing both hockey and soccer at the college level. I am now mom of four, entrepreneur and founder of AMP Coaching. AMP Intermission Podcast shares top-notch conversations with some of the most inspirational people around. I speak with those from top performing past and present athletes, coaches, to sport parents, and everyone in between. In sharing stories from adversity to triumph, this podcast will inspire athletes to follow their own genuine path to fulfillment in life and in sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. everyone. I am extremely excited for this next guest today. Now, I have broken this episode out into two parts because, well, it seemed like this guest and I could really talk for days on all things hockey and youth. There is so much incredible information to unpack that I wanted to bring you a two-part series. Wayne Cozier is the CEO of Trailblazer Hockey Advisors Group. I share the passion of Trailblazer and Wayne's in helping this next generation of hockey players truly succeed on and off the ice. Trailblazer focuses on being a player-centric firm, with their primary focus being to help players and families achieve their hockey and academic goals. Wayne brings his incredible experience and knowledge in USA Hockey and Hockey Canada to this conversation. As a former USA Hockey League scout, Wayne has been able to build amazing connections and relationships with the NHL, NCAA, USHL, NAHL, CHL, Junior A, and really the list goes on. I have to say, I already really appreciated Wayne in previous conversations, and I've had amazing feedback about him and Trailblazer from other athletes. But having this conversation with him really gave me a level of respect and admiration for someone who truly wants what is best for our athletes, not only in just the sport, but also in life. Wayne and I chat on all things from hockey development, personal growth, the recruitment process, knowing when and if to bring on an advisor, and we even chat about Wayne's stance on all the areas in which parents and athletes invest their time, their energy, and their money. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Hey, welcome, Wayne. I am super excited to be interviewing you today. Um, CEO of Trailblazer Hockey Advisor. Looking forward to our session here to share some knowledge of what you see on your end as a hockey advisor, your background, and what pulse check the girls can keep on their game. And as they go through their journey, as they hit that next level, just some information, some tips you might have. So I just want to thank you, first of all, for giving us your time. I'm super excited about this one. And to start off with, I just want to know if you can share with us what you do right now and kind of what brought you to that place to create the Trailblazer Hockey Advisor Group. Great. First of all, thanks a lot for having me, Brett. I'm super excited to be on your podcast and uh, I'm super impressed with all the things that you're doing in the hockey world and stuff. So as far as uh, Trailblazer Hockey, really, we are an advisory firm. How we got going was 
really it became about by requests I was getting from players and parents. My background is in scouting. Had spent seven years in the United States Hockey League scouting Western Canada for Chicago Steel first, then Des Moines Buccaneers. And through that process, I somehow got to be known as a bit of a USA hockey expert. And as a result, I started to get some calls from players and parents asking me to help them, you know, whether it be getting to college hockey, moving up in the hockey world, particularly in the U.S. And invariably, these players had advisors that they were paying already, but for one reason or another, weren't happy. Sometimes it was they never heard back from them. They didn't seem to be knowledgeable, et cetera. And so we just took that as an idea that maybe I should be looking at getting into the advisory business. And about the same time, Nevin Markworth, the former Boston Bruin, who's now my business partner and co-founder of Trailblazer Hockey, reached out to me and wanted to talk about some business ventures that we could maybe do. And ultimately, Trailblazer Hockey was what came out of that discussion with Nevin Markworth, as well as those calls I was getting from players and parents. Amazing. That's, you know, you see a problem and in the entrepreneur world, that's what we do. We see a problem and we solve it. So I commend you for doing that. And I have heard nothing but amazing things about you. So Coming from the USA hockey, you obviously have some knowledge. A lot of the female athletes that I talk to, their goals are NCAA Division I hockey. So you obviously have some knowledge that you can bring to the table for those female athletes. Yes, absolutely. That's a, that's a critical part because, you know, it is a complex hockey world. And, you know, girls hockey is every bit as complex as boys hockey. Now, it used to be a little bit of a, a simple pathway for them, but you know, with the advent of the academies, which all the, the, the elite girls seem to be migrating to, as you indicated, everybody wants to get that NCAA scholarship and stuff. It's There's a lot of stuff that you need to know. And I just find that a lot of parents find themselves stressed. The players are stressed because they, you know, it's their first time, obviously, typically, unless you have had two kids, but you go through the process once and then it goes away. And so, you know, really that's the, the value we bring to the table, I guess, is we go through this multiple times a year. So we know the process well, we can, you know, help the players make better decisions. We can remove the stress because a lot of things that an unknowledgeable player or parent would get stressed about, we say, that's nothing to worry about. That's a simple issue. We just fix it this way and stuff. So, you know, that's uh, a lot of what we bring to the table from the USA side. There's not only our knowledge, but then of course, the relationships, the relationships, like any business are critical to help, you know, build that trust. And, you know, we bring good players, quality people with good character and stuff. And colleges then want to keep coming back to us. Absolutely. And when you talk about relationships, that's what you're talking about is those relationships that you have directly with those college teams, the coaches, um, the advisors they have on their end to be taking those kids into their team. Is that yeah, it's bang on, Brett. And, you know, if you just compare it to any business, you know, it's everybody does business with people that they respect, people they enjoy doing business with, people that they trust. And, you know, it's it's such an important thing within the hockey world also. And, you know, I even find that we try to get out and meet as many college coaches as we can at showcases and stuff. And I just find it's night and day difference after I've had a face-to-face conversation with a college coach. Then when we've talked over the phone, it just takes it to a whole new level and stuff. And so those are some of the things that we certainly try to do and, and focus on so that we can help our players. I could not agree with you more. I grew up, my dad used to say, people buy people. 
And that's how it works in the business world, but it works kind of in everyday life, right? You want to be around the people that you align with. You want to be around the people that really help you and encourage you in that next step in your life. So people buy people. And it seems like you've built those relationships through that motto as well. And there is something so much different about that face-to-face conversation. I can relate in my business. You know, I can pick up the phone and call as many girls as I want, but at the end of the day, when they get to talk to me face-to-face and Thank God for technology because we're able to do that this way and it gives us a bigger impact, right? And a bigger reach when we do that. So I can relate 100%. So we're talking about parents and we're asking at what point does that question get answered? Do I need an advisor? What makes trailblazer hockey advisors the place that they need to go and what makes it knowing that that's the next step for them? Well, the simple uh, litmus test that I typically use is the example that I, I use, Brett, is that, you know, if you as a parent or a player are finding yourselves stressed, uh, you don't know what to do, uh, you're feeling as, you know, you see people around you are having success, getting commitments, getting to the teams they want to get to and stuff, trying to decide what showcases to go to and not go to. And, you know, you just basically feel overwhelmed it's it's the time that you probably should reach out to somebody to inquire about help. And again, I would recommend you want to, you know, interview two or three advisors. Again, we talked about the importance of the connection, the relationship. Do you, you know, feel connected to this individual? Do you trust the individual? What is their track record and stuff? So that is typically what I tell parents, even when they call me, they, they say, I don't know if we need an advisor or not yet, but we want to reach out. And that's what I say to them. I said, are you losing sleep? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feel like you're, you're overwhelmed? Do you, you know, you, every parent wants the best for their, their child. Right. And that's all they want. No parent has ever called me and said, I want to get my kid to an NCAA division one scholarship in the professional women's hockey league. They want the best for their child based on their skills and abilities. And certainly that's what we can do. And, you know, related to that, a lot of times there's maybe one major issue that has arisen that's caused them to lose a lot of sleep and stuff. And it might be about a tryout or to accept a contract with a team. So again, there's always got to be some kind of a major incident that's happening within your, your life related to hockey. And that's usually an indicator that you should reach out to an advisor. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that answer. Funny story about me is advisors has become more and more prevalent, right? And there's so much noise out there that there is added stress. I see it in the athletes I work with, like far more stress than I went through as an athlete and the parents as well, right? There's always something that you can do. There's always a new area to go into. There's always a new tournament, a new showcase. I was a walk-on athlete in university. So I had no idea that there was, I knew there was something called signing, but I don't know if it held as much value as it does today. It definitely didn't happen as early as it does nowadays. But I remember sitting in that dressing room, trying out for the University of Calgary, looking around that dressing room and counting how many girls, okay, these girls have all committed, whatever that means at that time. And the rest of them are vets. So he's going to have to cut the vets or I'm not making this team. And I was one of two walk-ons and I look back now and I'm like, how did I not have any idea that this was going on. Right. And I'm thankful for it. Very thankful for it because the amount of stress I would have put on myself, but I believe it's like at the forefront of these girls, especially in U18 AAA, they are at the forefront of who else around me is getting college commitments. What do I do? And I see the stress. And I think that is just having an advisor is just one way to 
hey, let them take care. Let they're they're the professionals. Let them take care of this area, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know that's a great story about yourself going in as a walk on and making a team. You know that's extremely impressive. And kudos to you. And you know kids uh, need to recognize today that still can happen. I think it's a little bit less prevalent just because there's so much organization around the hockey, like you say. People are scouted way in advance. They're committed to way in advance. There's advisors kind of coaching them through the process and stuff like that. But, you know, still today, if you're a super skilled, talented individual with lots of character, you can walk into a college dressing room and make the team. Again, it just doesn't happen very often anymore because uh, just due to the processes and systems that are in place today, but it still can be done. And I like for young women to keep that dream alive because it is still possible. It's ultimately about your skills and ability, not who your advisor is or who you know type thing. It's ultimately, your skills and abilities is going to get you in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be honest, I didn't have much skill. All I had was my heart, <laughs> and that was it. I was yeah, I was small, and I just worked my butt off. But anyways, we talk about there being so much noise out there, especially as the sport evolves. There is more. You said there, like the hockey academies, when I was growing up, they were starting, but they are so much more prevalent now. And the skills development, the personal development camps, there's so many choices, so much demands for where to put your money, where to invest. Where should parents and athletes start? Where should they put their money? Well, my personal belief is that you really should put it into your own personal development, whether that be uh, physical or mental. We're hearing more and more about you know mental development on, on the side of hockey type thing and stuff. So bottom line is personal development. So what I tell families is that when you make decisions and stuff is just kind of look at what the expense is going to be and divide it down and see how much is actually going towards your daughter's personal development. And so if you take the case of a, a typical showcase and, you know, typical number I will throw around, I mean, it depends if you have to fly or if you're able to drive, but there's always hotels and meals and stuff. I say typically it's around $2,000 to, you know, attend, a, say, a three-day showcase camp somewhere. And if you look at the travel meals, the hotels and stuff, you're probably going to look at 75 to 80% of that cost goes to those completely irrelevant items that have zero impact on the player and the much smaller amount, say, you know, three, $400 of that $2,000 expenditure goes to personal development and exposure. And so I always look for people to, or tell people to say, you know, look where you can invest your money, where most of it goes to developing the player's physical or mental skills related to hockey, not to something else that's completely irrelevant. So Again, taking an online mental focus course that could be, you know, $50 could be a game changer. Taking some skills training as far as using your edges and power skating and stuff, you know, maybe it's a couple hundred dollars to get a couple of session stuff. They can change the way you play, you know, game changers, I guess. So reading between the lines, I think hopefully the the, the viewers get the, the message that I'm not big on a lot of showcases. They're overhyped. They're expensive. And they really don't lead to a lot of great exposure that they promote they do, nor to personal development. I love that answer. I did not expect it, to be honest. I, re I really love it because I've never heard it broken down like that. Where is your dollar actually going at the end of the day? I'm a dollars and cents girl too. So at the end of the day, yeah, it seems like a no-brainer what is going to get the most return on investment essentially, right? And yeah, to look at those showcases camp, your money isn't going directly. And unless you can tie in like a holiday in the mix where you can get fulfillment 
outside of the sport as well as a family, those opportunities. But yeah, I, I really point. appreciate that answer. Yeah, it's a great point. Sorry to interject there, Brett, but exactly what I tell families is if you can build a, a family vacation around a showcase and, and the number one reason you're going on the, the, the trip is for that family getaway and stuff. Fantastic. That's a great way to do it type thing. See a new city, experience some diversity and stuff like that. Fantastic. Do that. But don't think that you have to, you know, go specifically for that showcase and that it's going to make the difference in your child getting an NCAA scholarship or not. It's not the case. And, you know, just one last point as relating back to hotel costs and stuff. It's important to know that typically organizers of showcases make partnerships with hotels and restaurants and stuff. And that's why a lot of time when you go to a showcase, you have to stay at hotel A, B, or C. It's because some of that money is getting kicked back to the organizers. So it's really ultimately about making money for the organizers is, is often the number one criteria or motive for, for a showcase. Now, I'll, I'll caveat that by saying that's not always the case. There is some fabulous showcases that uh, girls should go to and, and experience, and they're completely above board. But they're definitely the minority and the vast majority are about making money for the organizers, period. Totally. I see that, too. And we talk about the noise and how there's so much noise. There's I don't know if you see the comparison. I see it a lot of females. I'm sure it's there on the male uh, side, too. But so and so signing so and so is doing this. I need to do this. It can I can imagine how overwhelming it could be for a parent to try and you know, I tell my athletes, eliminate the noise and focus on you and what you need to hit that next level in your sport. Don't worry about the person next to you because that's their own personal journey. And yours is different. The last thing you want to do is try and keep up with the person beside you and not follow your goals and your dreams. And sport is what gives me the life lessons. But at the end of the day, if we're just going somewhere in pursuit of our sport and we have no idea what's going to cause fulfillment after that sport, we're kind of missing, missing the point of all those life lessons that sport can teach us, right? Yeah, those are great points, Brett. And like I say, sometimes people are chasing something that I, I fear in the end when they achieve it, they might be disappointed. They're thinking it's bigger and better than it is. They don't understand the sacrifice it's going to take. And, you know, you allude a little bit to what I, what I term as keeping up with the Joneses, just because somebody else in the dressing room is doing it, you have to do it. And it's not the case. Every player has their own individual journey, as you explained yours. And, you know, we really stress that with our with our players that, you know, let's uh, compare, you know, probably the greatest hockey player in the in the world, Wayne Gretzky, right? What training did he need? Probably none because it just somehow came naturally to him. He was just, it, it was intuitive to him to just do what he did. And that's why I say, why did Wayne Gretzky fail as a coach? It's because it came to him naturally. He had no idea how to teach what he knew because it came to him naturally. Nobody taught it to him. It was intuitive to him. And the point I'm trying to make is that every player has their, their gaps and their weaknesses where they need to work on. And that's probably different from the person to the right of you or the person to the left of you. There's different needs there. And so that's what you should really focus on is, you know, develop, filling your gaps, addressing your, those weaknesses, and that'll make you a better player. And don't worry what everybody else is doing in the dressing room. And I even, you know, related to our industry advisors, I get, you know, calls. I just got an inquiry yesterday. Do we need an advisor? And, and this was a younger player. And I said, you know, no, you don't, unless you're totally stressed. 
and you're fearing you're making bad decisions and you don't know what to do, then you do. But as far as being, you know, as young as you are, no, you don't need that help today. But I, I would suspect in behind that request was a little bit of peer pressure because two or three other girls in the dress room have that and their daughters come home and said, Hey, A, B, and C have advisors. Why don't I? That's going to cause me to fall behind. And I hope it doesn't get to that level where everybody thinks they do need an advisor to get through this. Because if the parents have a, a base knowledge of hockey, you got the help of your coaches and stuff like that, you can do it yourself, you know, without a whole lot of problem, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I, you have a good point here in that I work with girls as young as U15 and they still have this like extreme love of the game and that's their driving force for many of them. Many of them yet don't feel that intense stress of like, what's my next, where am I going to go to college? Where am I going to go to university? Am I going to get scholarship? They're not quite feeling that yet. Then you see them get to U18 and it's almost like becomes individualized. And then it's, they're losing this like the reason we started in the first place. I mean, I didn't start at six years old playing hockey because I was going to go play for the University of Calgary and SAIT. I went, I started because I loved the game, right? And I see it slowly start to pull away and all the stressors come in. And I can only imagine when you're starting to think, hey, you know, U15, U13, do I need an advisor? Is this the time in which I need to call? And trying to eliminate all of those unnecessary items that you have on the table and just focus on enjoying the game. And as parents, letting your kid steer that ship a bit too, right? Awesome. Yeah. And that's what I like to tell any player if I'm communicating with them on game day or the day before a game is go out, work hard, do your stuff, but have fun. It has to be fun. And you can't think of it as a job, especially if you're still in. U15, U18. I mean, oh my goodness. Once you get into college and then if you go on to play pro, then you're talking about it's a business and there's pressure and putting food on the table is, you know, whether you're on the team or not and stuff, that's pressure. In the younger years, just have fun with it. Do your best, work hard, be a good teammate. Those are the things you need to focus on. Absolutely. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that first part of this episode and looking forward to bringing you part two. So stay tuned and come back and enjoy the rest of my conversation with Wayne Cozier.